Welcome to The Moon in Your Mind with your hosts, Chelsea Winter and Alyssa Ray. We are on a mission to build a community of empowered individuals to stay curious in their work, their relationships, and daily lives. By interviewing experts in uniting astrology and psychology, we will hold the space to connect you to new wisdom, unique stories, and insightful resources for you to cultivate your best human experience. Let's get curious. Hi, everyone. Today, we're so excited to have our first guest, Hallie Bailey, on the show. Hallie is someone who's been a huge influence on both Chelsea and I, and one of the reasons we kind of got started on this path. Hallie is an astrologer, a tarot card reader, a personal trainer, and so much more. So welcome to the show, Hallie. Hi. (laughs) We are so excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. So we start every episode with your sun, moon, and rising. So if you want to just share that with everybody. And then as an astrologer, you already have kind of your own interpretation of it, I'm sure. So if you feel comfortable sharing that as well. Yeah. So my sun is in Leo in the seventh house. My moon is in Virgo and my rising sign is in Aquarius. And I find that I am constantly having a conversation between Leo and Aquarius. So it's like, how can I show my heart to the world? How can I, you know, shine my light and really impact people? But also, how can I do it in a way that is through community? And I have Saturn opposite my sun too, which makes it like, you have to do this. This is your path. Like, this is your purpose. But that conversation, that opposition can get kind of tricky at times, especially now as I get older, it's harder to step into that rising sign placement. But the more I do, the better I feel, and the more aligned I feel, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm actually an Aquarius sun, Leo rising. So I am, (laughs) yeah. And Alyssa is also Aquarius rising. So we're all, we all have the Aquarius. But yes, I definitely know what you're saying about like, how do you balance it? And so I have that part of me, like I always need to be stepping into my Leo. So it is like so difficult. Alyssa and I talk about this all the time, like even starting this podcast or like going on social media, it's like so far out of my comfort zone. But I'm like, I have all these things. I just don't want anyone to ever know it's coming from me. <laughs> I like can't bring that. I feel like if you, you're an Aquarius sun, you're just like, I'm going to let my freak flag fly no matter what. But for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, is everyone judging me if I do that? Like, how woo-woo can I get? Can we talk about aliens? Like, I go out there and it's like, that's where I feel comfortable. But that's my growth edge of like, I need to lead into that because that's part of my purpose. That's your rising sign. That's what we're rising towards, right? I also have Saturn in Aquarius. So I'm in the middle of my Saturn return right now. And that has been a huge growth edge for me and understanding like I'm here to be unique. I'm here to stay like I don't need to stand out, but I'm here to be unique so I can encourage others to do so as well. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Do you know off the top of your head which house your Saturn is in? The first house. Is it, okay. Yeah. So I think that's where I get that discipline around the body specifically. And I feel this like strong discipline within myself to know who I am, like at my core. I really find that with any person that has Saturn in the first house, it's like you need to figure out who you are and how you want to show up in the world 
without anyone else. And then it opposes my son in the seventh house of like, but how can I make it about the other? Like, who am I without the other? So it's this constant back and forth and it can, it can be challenging, but I also find that that's life. (laughs) And we just have to like walk to the middle and hold hands. And that's where we can feel in full alignment once we do that and not judge either one. I love that. Not judging. Yeah. I'm always saying that in my natal chart readings, like as I'm giving them, I'm always talking about like, you just have to find the balance between I'm throwing all this information at you. And then now we need to like figure out the balance because everything is in such extremes. Like you can't always be Leo. You can't always be Aquarius. So like, how do you find the two in the middle? And that's like, it's takes your whole life to figure out, right? Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. If anything, and I don't know how well-versed anyone is like that's going to be listening with uh, astrology, but I have three T-squares and it's like all the top of my chart. And I think that's the most challenging part because Mm -hmm. I'm constantly feeling this bubbling of energy and I don't know where to put it sometimes. And that can feel more challenging than actually finding the balance between the polarity of Leo and Aquarius. Mm -hmm. So the T-squares are the conversation that a lot of astrologers have. And yeah, so. That's awesome. (laughs) Can you, for those that don't know, like me, because I'm still new to astrology, what is a T-square exactly? A T-square is where we feel challenged Mm -hmm. at times. So it's an aspect in the chart where we can feel this big sense to grow. And there's always a release point, luckily, in the chart. And for me, It's interesting because both of my release points, one is in Aries and one is in Taurus. So my medicine is to slow down, but it's also to ramp up. And so it's like this, this, it's my life. Like I'm in this, trying to find the balance between everything. And um, I mean, it's my seventh house then as well. And uh, I think that it can be really empowering once you do so. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Chelsea, I don't know if you want to explain a little bit more about T-squares too, because I know you have some background (laughs) at all with it, but it's interesting to know the aspects because that is where a lot of our healing can happen is if we are aware of what our like quirks are, what tweaks us, that's how we can just start to have compassion. And then once we have compassion for ourselves, we can have compassion for others. So yeah, I don't know what your experience, Chelsea, with like readings, but yeah. And I think you said it perfectly. No notes, nothing to add. Uh, but yeah, no, Thank I think you. you are right that the the sun, moon rising, I think is really important. And especially for beginners, like the first time you ever really get your chart read, even most people only know their sun sign, you know, like they're reading their horoscopes. They don't have any idea their moon or rising. But really, like where the biggest growth is going to happen is in those aspects. I think you're exactly right. You know, what's opposite each other, the T-squares, things like that are also important. Yeah. And I, I think too, you know, you talked a lot about uncovering some stuff and holding compassion for yourself. And I think the curiosity piece is important. Like how do these aspects of your chart affect you and also how have they affected you in the past and what can you do with them? Right. I think in the reading that you did for me, you were like, this is it, but you get to choose like the high road, the low road, all of it. Right. So it, it's ultimately up to us. But until we hold that curiosity, I think we're not able to decide how it's going to unfold. So It's definitely very interesting. I've been doing a lot. I mean, I think I've been doing a lot of shadow work and like really bringing it to the light and not judging it so harshly like I did in the past. Like, so anytime I give readings, I really do look at the rising sign because that is where, that's usually how we are when we're a kid. 
that's where we're the most comfortable because it's our soul, right? So we don't know any different we, until society comes in, until our parents come in, until whoever comes in and changes our perspective on the world. And it's our rising sign is actually the closest we are to being a child. And for me, with my rising sign being an Aquarius, I always thought it was just kind of weird. Like I always had questions about the world and like nothing makes sense. Like this, what you guys are telling me doesn't make sense. I went to, well, I went to private Catholic school basically my whole life. So private Episcopalian K-3 and then private Catholic school for high school. And not knocking on religion, but I just had a lot of questions that were never answered. And I really do believe that's my Aquarius rising coming in. And that's, oh, that makes sense now looking at it. Like that was my inner child. Like that is who I am. I'm constantly asking those questions that no one else wants Mm -hmm. to ask. So, Mm -hmm. And as a fellow Aquarius rising, I was very similar. My parents used to say that I would always go to this place I called Lissy Land and I would just like roll around in the rain out back and like be just like in an imaginary world. But then like it would be so hard for me to be in like the present world. So it's yeah, it's very similar for sure. I get that. But I'm also you're a Taurus sun, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So then you're like, but then I have got to be practical. So I can't live in Lissy land. I was like, no, I got to ground and put my feet on the earth and like be real. So yeah, that's it's challenging. Yeah. And especially with the fixed sign placements, it's like we're so stubborn in our ways. So it's like allowing ourselves to go lean into our rising sign can actually be really challenging mm-hmm. if we're not not comfortable with it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I'm curious too to kind of go back more into your childhood and and what's your background like? Where are you from? What was your childhood like? Yeah. So I was born and raised in Tucson, Arizona. I currently live in Gilbert, Arizona. We just bought a house here. Just really exciting. Congrats. Thank you. Especially with this market in Phoenix. It's been like so crazy. But my childhood. So I grew up in Tucson, born and raised. And like I said, I went to private school, kindergarten through high school. And I'm very grateful for it. It was very fortunate to have that. And I know this podcast is really about mental health. So I'm kind of diving into that aspect. The first time I experienced therapy was when I was in second grade. My parents got divorced when I was in first. So I had my first taste of therapy and didn't love it, of course, because I don't like to be told what to do. (laughs) I just, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, I just want to play. I just, I didn't really understand. So I think that kind of left a taste in my mouth for future therapy. But yeah, I went to the University of Arizona. I got my degree in elementary education. I taught for one year. I taught second grade, realized it wasn't a fit for me. My North Nodes and Sagittarius. So I am here to be a teacher, but more about the bigger picture, not necessarily with the littles, (laughs) even though they were the cutest. It was a really challenging year and I grew a lot, but I saw myself in those kids, which was the hardest part. And I taught at a Title I school, which was also pretty challenging in itself. I grew up an only child, so more of that Aquarius rising, kind of just like standing on the outskirts alone, which is, you know, I've, I've, I actually have learned I'm more of an introvert, even though I'm a Leo, I've learned I'm actually more introverted than extroverted. I need that time to regroup and replenish my energy. But yeah, my parents, I'm I'm close with my mom. I have a little bit of a strained relationship with my dad currently working through that now. 
But I, so I taught second grade. I met my husband, who at the time was a personal trainer. And I was like, what is this? I want to know more. He started to train me and I got my personal training certification, decided to leave teaching altogether. I was also bartending at the time, so balancing both was kind of a lot. So I did personal training full-time. In the process of me getting my personal training certification, I was competing for my first, or prepping for my first bodybuilding show. Wow. And that was an interesting process. I did it again two years later. But I learned a lot about myself and I wanted to do something that challenged me. And I think that's where that Saturn in the first house placement came in, challenging myself, being really disciplined within my body. And I realized like how powerful it was to do that for myself and how much my mindset changed. And just starting with the body, not even like going into the soul aspect, I really wanted to help others on their journey. So I started training. And then my husband got a job in Scottsdale. We were still in Tucson. Then we moved to Scottsdale. And I kind of, it was a really hard time in my life when we moved. So three months before we moved, this was in 2018, my grandma and my stepdad passed away in the same week. And that was the beginning of my spiritual journey. So my grandma, we had time to say goodbye. We were able to go back to New Jersey and see her and have those last moments with her, which was really healing. And I was really close with her. But then a week later, literally a week and 15 minutes apart, my stepdad dropped dead of a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And it really rocked my world. It shifted my perspective on like, what are we doing here? What, like, why do we suffer? What is this all about? Like, how can this happen, right? Like until you experience death, it's like, you know, everyone has to join that club one day, but until you actually experience it, you don't really know what it's like. So I went to the depths of my soul. That was definitely my dark night of the soul moment. And I got my first astrology reading about two months later from my now mentor, Chris, who I adore. But he told me, in that reading so much about myself. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, how do you know this? I've never met you before. And he told me in that reading that I would be doing this work. Wow. This is going to be my path. And I had no connection to astrology before. My only connection to astrology was reading horoscopes when I was a kid. And I was always interested. I always felt like I was really in tune with the cycles of life. And I, you know, I always felt those energetic shifts, but I could never, you know, put like any words to it or explain it, but I just felt it. So when he told me that, I was like, well, you're fucking crazy. There's no way, like, I'm a personal trainer. This is my path. But he was right, of course. And so shortly after that, we moved to Scottsdale. I left Tucson, left where I grew up. And I took about a year off from personal training, actually, just to kind of, you know, deal with my grief. It was about a year of really intense grief. And I actually got back into therapy. I did EMDR for Mm. a few months and I just didn't have like the best therapist. And I think like for anyone that's listening, it's really important to find someone that you drive with, that you're comfortable with, because if you can't be open with the person that you're telling everything to, then you're not, it it might actually create more trauma. Mm. So I did that experience and I realized I need to break up with my therapist. That's okay. And shortly after I, 2020 happened. So let's see, let me back up. So 2019, 
went to therapy, was dealing with my grief. I was in a really, really dark place, like mentally. I, I really couldn't see the light. And I realized I needed to do something outside of myself. I needed to be in service to something outside of myself because I was felt trapped almost. So 2019 started my therapy journey. And then the end of 2019, I decided to compete in another bodybuilding show because I told myself I'd always, I really wanted to do another one. And it was a huge blow to my ego because I prepped for 12 weeks. I thought I'd looked great. thought I was, you know, I thought I was doing it for myself. And I realized once I got on stage, I was doing it for everyone else. I was the last girl to walk on stage and two out of like the nine judges looked at me. They, no one else looked at me in the moment. And I was like, huh, this was not actually a journey for myself. This was a journey for everyone else and proving to everyone else that I needed to do this. Mm-hmm. And so I realized in that moment that I need to, again, be in service outside of myself and do things outside of myself and do it not for any other reason. And I decided to start personal training again. So kind of going back full circle and then 2020 happened and shit hit the fan. And I realized that I was not able to go deep enough with my clients. I wanted to go deeper with my clients. And I found Deborah Silverman, who Chelsea and Alyssa know. And if you're listening, go look her up, look her up on YouTube, look at her Instagram page. She's amazing. I decided at the end of 2020, I wanted to take her astrology course and it changed my life. I have done over a hundred readings since. I also took her tarot class. So I was able to dive a little bit deeper into that as well. And in that process, I realized that we can't separate the mind and the body or the soul. It's all connected. It's all within one. And I realized that if we're able to align all three, we can actually align with our purpose and fully live our purpose that way. So fast forward to now, actually right after this podcast, I'm starting my breathwork training. I'm getting my breathwork certification. So I realized that was the thread that was missing in all of this. So yeah, that was kind of a lot. No, (laughs) I mean, there is a lot there and that's all amazing. And first, I just want to say thank you for sharing all that. And, you know, I'm really sorry for your losses. It it is immense and profound. And, you know, I think how you followed your path following that experience, both of those experiences is really telling to how that dark night of the soul, dark magic, kind of whatever we want to term it can really support us on our path into healing if we remain curious and if we follow those pings that we kind of get. So I think that's amazing. What stood out to me a lot was that traditional help for mental health wasn't what helped you, right? It was kind of the physical stuff. It was the spiritual stuff. And I think- It's somatic. Yes, exactly. And that's, you know, Chelsea and I are big proponents of that and big cheerleaders of that. And especially even as a therapist, you know, a lot of the work that I do with my clients that actually sees long-term effects is that somatic work. And so it's great to see that you're giving that back now because you know that it helped you so much. And there's so many questions I have. (laughs) Ask away, please. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, to start for personal training, you know, how does that, because that's something I'm, I'm kind of foreign to. I mean, I understand what it is, but how do you incorporate all of the other things in with your personal training clients and what do you see benefits them the most? So that's kind of where I'm like actually struggling is to combine, like 
combining it all together. And I realized the missing piece was the breath. But with personal training, it has allowed me to show my clients that you can find strength in any moment and like find strength within yourself. And if you can be disciplined and take responsibility for your body and understand that the longevity of our life is dependent on how much muscle mass we have, how we take care of these vessels instead of treating them like shit, we can live a much more fulfilling and purposeful life, like I said. And I know there's a lot of people that are stuck in those old patterns around, you know, what they ate during childhood, even going down to nutrition, just even getting that much more granular, just starting to witness the patterns within ourselves that we do, like what we eat, how we treat our bodies, how we like, how do we take care of our bodies? Do we take the time to, because if we're not, I like to ask, like, whose life are we living anyways? Like, if it's not for us, then who is it for? And I think personal training is a really good start, especially, you know, if you know your chart. If you're missing fire, it's a really good uh, way to implement and integrate all four elements. And so it's been really empowering for myself and for my clients for them to realize, like I said, that they they are strong. And if we can lift some weights and just to, you know, get into our bodies and out of our minds, that's a really good starting point for a lot of people. But a lot of people are nervous to take that first step. And I hope I'm able to make my clients comfortable in that process so that they realize like, no, you don't, you don't have to worry about what everyone else is thinking. You can, you can do this for yourself and for the longevity of your life, for your future kids, for your current kids. Like, do you want to be a role model for them? So on and so forth. Mm -hmm. I love that. And to me, that comes back to like the connection to your body, right? The connection to your Mm -hmm. physical being. And when you're able, I see this all the time in my clients, but when they're able to build that connection within themselves, they can build healthier relationships and connections to the outside world and build that deeper connection. And I think everything that you're doing, it seems like it's founded in that, like connecting to your chart, connecting to your breath, connecting to your path. And I don't know, I think that's awesome. It's starting to have the awareness because so many people are just so disconnected from themselves because of their minds and what their ego is telling them. And it's like, the more you can actually drop into your heart, drop into your body and ground into yourself, you can start to witness the, those cues that this, our bodies are these intelligent beings that have this like program within us that we have no idea. We can't even explain half of what our, like our body does. And so the more we can actually like start to build a relationship with our body, the more we can start to form a relationship with ourselves and our true self. And that's when we can start living our lives from that higher perspective, that observer point. Aquarius rising over here. (laughs) All about the observer. (laughs) And I love how it just seems like through all of this and like through all your stories and how you ended up here, like it just seems like so much of it is based on like you knew something wasn't right. So then you you just explored like you, you know, after your family members passed away, like you went and got a reading, something you had never done before. And then it was like, all right, well, let me follow that and learn a little bit more. And I mean, Alyssa and I, this whole podcast is about like just staying curious. And it seems like you have done a wonderful job (laughs) in that. And even now, like with the breath work, you know, you're saying like, you weren't really sure how to combine everything. And so you explored and you, you're bringing it in. So I just want, like, I love that. I feel like your whole story is all just about following those pings and those curiosities. Thank you. I, and I want to like make sure everyone knows that it 
didn't happen overnight. And those pings <laughs> sometimes were numbed out. Sometimes I disassociated. Sometimes I, I still, I still, I'm still a human, right? Like that's, I think what the beauty of this life is all about is reclaiming that we are humans. We're spiritual beings living the human experience, not the other way around. So it's really important to remember, like there are going to be human things that come in the way. There is going to be tragedy. There's going to be pain, but it's like, how do you transmute that? How do you use that to fuel your life and rather than hold you back? And I went through a lot of trial and error, but the more I opened myself to this realm, to my guides, my angels, you know, whatever, whatever path, I am able to feel more in alignment and feel that balance and feel purposeful. And I I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is because, like I said, I was so stuck in within myself and what my ego was telling me to, what to do, what my parents were telling me what to do, my friends, you know. And I realized the more I was able to step out of that, the more I could actually be like a part of this earth and be a part of society in a way like I can help people. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I wonder too, for you, a lot of it, you you continue to tie in your chart to it, right? So again, it's kind of like astrology and psychology kind of play this dance. And now you can pull in the somatics of it too, right? It's all part of it. And so it's, it doesn't happen overnight. You don't just all of a sudden get an astrology reading and are like, oh, here are all the answers to my life, right? Like you have to stay curious. You have to stay aware. You have to stay connected in order to allow it to guide you and kind of come back to your toolbox. And for you, it sounds like you have a pretty big toolbox. you got a lot of tools in there for yourself, for others, which is awesome. And I love it. I think the important part is the integration. And I I still struggle with that part, but it's the actual integration of what you're learning. It's like, I think there are so many like spiritual pages on the social media and there are all these like really motivating things. And, you know, you can take all this information, but it's like, if you're not applying it or integrating it in your life, it's like, where's that information going? I feel like it almost overwhelms us. And then we are fearful for taking action or, you know, we might, I don't know. It just, I think it's important to integrate as well and not judge yourself if you can't be perfect one day, or if you can't, you know, live by your chart or, you know, whatever it may be. I think, I think we have to give ourselves a little bit of grace in that process. Mm -hmm. And yeah, integration is everything. Mm -hmm. I also, I see this happen and I know I tried it and so maybe you did or maybe you didn't, but like when I first started learning astrology and learning about my chart, it was like, all right, I'm going to just master everything in my chart. I'm going to figure everything out. And I feel like now having done it for a few years, it's like, all right, no, take a step back, like work on one, one part at a time. Like, it's okay. We are all in progress and it's okay if like you get a reading or like, you know, anyone who's listening to this, if you feel like you're not just going to be perfect tomorrow. So like, you know, look at what you're struggling with and like take one little piece of it and like, let's master that. And then, then we can move on and you might have to go back to it sometimes. There's really no such thing. Like I say master, but like, I want to put it in quotes because that never is true. (laughs) You might have to go back to it sometimes. I think I really love astrology too, because when I first started studying like all this spiritual stuff and looking at, you know, tarot cards and, you know, obsessing over what the, what does this mean? Like that was actually causing me to act out in ways I didn't want to act. And it felt like it was starting to control my life instead of just allowing my life to happen. And so why I really love astrology and I do have to kind of detach from time to time just to remember like 
I'm the creator of my reality. Like whatever happens, it's not, you know, there's maybe there are energies at play that are influencing it, but it's like, I'm still the creator of my reality through the choices I make, so on and so forth. But why I really love astrology and why I really love giving astrology readings is because we're able to see what cycle of life we're in. And we're constantly moving through cycles. Like I said earlier, when I was younger, I always felt like that shift. Maybe it was like, and I obviously didn't know at the time, but maybe it was like the full moon, whatever the theme of that full moon was, I was really experiencing. And to be able to explain to my clients or whoever I'm working with, like that they're just in a cycle that's temporary. I think that can be healing in itself because it's like, well, this is what I'm supposed to be going through. This is what I'm supposed to be feeling. This is, this is just the cyclical part of life. And I think that's really like helpful to take in because nothing's permanent. Everything is constantly changing. That's the only guarantee in life. Um, especially when we lose people or, you know, we lose like certain experiences don't go through or, you know, if we allow ourselves to change our beliefs on things, I think that if we give ourselves that, like I said, that grace to just kind of ride the wave instead of trying to control it, life becomes a lot easier and lighter. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's funny because that brought me back to the reading that you did for me. I think it was December of 2020. And yeah. I told Chelsea this the other day, but you had asked you like, what happened to you in 2013? And I was like, how does she know? What do you mean? Like, what is a psychic? <laughs> right. But I was going through a Saturn return and like, at that time, it was a really terrible time in my life and and just left and right. I was super sick. I was going through friendship breakups, regular breakups, family stuff, school stuff, everything. But I wasn't riding the wave. I was trying to control it. And I was trying to have like be the force within my life. But when you gave me the reading, I think I was about to enter my Saturn return and now I'm about to come out of it. And you told me to just ride it. Like, experience it, allow yourself to learn the lessons that you have to learn and and be a witness of it rather than trying to control it. And I can't say that I did it exactly that way. I still have a controlling part. (laughs) But I definitely wrote it out so much more. And I think, you know, in remaining curious in that I was able to come out the other end. And, you know, I've been blessed with a lot of great things these past few months. And a lot of things have come to my awareness and and now I'm able to live more freely because I wrote it out and was more fluid because as an earth-based person, I think how many earth in my chart, Chelsea? I think like eight or nine or something like that. I think it's eight planets. Right. Including your rising. Wow. A lot of earth. Yeah. So being fluid is definitely hard, but like you said, it's just like write it out, stop trying to control it. And yeah, that's why I think you know, something you helped me do. And I'm, I'm curious how, as you kind of became an astrologer too, looking back on your life before you knew all of this and reflecting, has that been able to kind of help you learn the lessons, even though they're quote unquote through at this time? Yeah. And I, I back to that integration part, it's like, we are here to literally our life's purpose is to have like learn all these lessons, right? Whatever they may be. This is, what do they say? This is like the school, we're in the school of life and we're just, you know, going, like we're learning every single day. We go deeper with ourselves and 
if we're not able to integrate from those lessons, then nothing will change, right? And we're still living in those constricted places. But for me personally, so one of the things that, especially when I took the class, there's a big focus on understanding what your missing element is. And for me, mine was water. And I really thought that I had my water under control. Like I cried all the time when I was younger. Like I really thought I was in tune with that. And I realized that I wasn't and that I was really blocked with my water, like in my adult, like, you know, college years, I didn't cry as much as I used to. Like I'd have to really force myself to cry or find stillness. Like I said, I have a lot of energy in my chair, all that fire and air plus three T squares. Oh my gosh. But I, I realized like, I don't need to rush through life. I can actually slow down and find those quiet moments that I don't need to be listening to the external noise all of the time. And I think that's been a really valuable lesson for me and understanding that those missing elements change each, every day. So there are some days where I need to like turn my air down a little bit and shut the fuck up or like, you know, or and listen more. Or there's the days where I, I do struggle with my fire and finding that motivation, that inspiration. And honestly, this the past like six months or so, my fire has been pretty dim. So I've been doing a lot of work, inner work around uh, stoking my inner fire again. So it's interesting. Like, like I said, we're always shifting. And like, if you have awareness just on like what you're feeling in every moment and like, like, again, going back to like tuning into your body and like, you know, putting my hands in my heart. Do I need some more compassion for myself? Do I feel a block in my throat? Do I need to speak my truth? Like where, what's missing right now so that I can release whatever feelings coming up so that I can get back on that path of like feeling that freedom. And my, interestingly enough, my two words for 2022 were freedom and flow. Uh So the more that I can step into that, the more I feel, again, going back to that, like feeling purposeful, I think that's where a lot of the uh, shift within our collective consciousness will start to like elevate. Once we realize we do have purpose here, we're not just like here to, I don't know, there's a, why are we here? It's so random, you know? I love that. That's awesome. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it sounds like you continue to stay curious about everything about your chart, about your life, your past, like all aspects of it and other people too, right? So I know you're doing your breath work training right now, but is there anything else that you're currently curious about? So we're going to get into the woo-woo yes. stuff if people are yes. open to yes. that. Love that. Yes. <laughs> we love the woo. I've got all this Aquarius energy in here with me. So you guys get me. Yeah. So, well, I guess I'm always curious about aliens, but if you're not at this point, then maybe do a little more research and see what the government said recently. <laughs> but like really understanding that and, and, you know, I love watching ancient aliens yes. and understanding like how certain certain periods of time, like we were actually interacting with them. I think that's really interesting, but I've also been really interested in psychedelics Mm. and dabbling in that a bit and allowing the ego to dissolve with psychedelics so that we can get even closer to our true self. And that has been a game changer. And it's, I've seen a lot of healing within like friends of mine that have experienced psychedelics and that has been really, really, really eye-opening <laughs> to say the least, because I am a Leo and I can be a little, I can be pretty attached to my ego. So if I'm able to actually like take something that allows that to dissolve, it has uh, shifted my perspective big time, but also finding a way 
like Ram Dass says, like we don't need the psychedelic. The point is to live our lives in that state, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think were you the one to t- who told me to read Being Ram Dass, his like latest book? Yes. Okay. I did. Yes. 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 It's so good. And that, yep, yeah. that, the quote in there or the chapter in there just popped up for me after you said that. Cause, and anyone listening, definitely read it. Highly, highly recommend. Cause a little background Ram Dass was a Harvard professor who did research on psychedelics in the 70s, was it? I think specifically LSD. Yes. And he, him and his partner kind of got fired and kicked out of Harvard. Timothy Leary. Yes. At the time, it was an accepting in the government and in society and all of that. And so Ram Dass traveled to India. He studied with the monks and Buddhism and everything. And for the rest of his life, he kind of had this balance between psychedelics and spirituality and, and embodiment and connection and all of that. And Hell, you can feel free to jump in in parts that I'm missing. But his book is just very inspiring. Yeah. All of his work is inspiring. Mm-hmm. He has like a podcast. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I like I like tear up thinking about him. I've never met this man, but like he is definitely one of my spiritual teachers. Mm-hmm. And kind of a side note, my mentor, Chris, the one I told you about at the beginning, he drove Ram Dass and Timothy Leary one time when they were in Tucson. And I was like, to be a fly on that wall That's in that car, amazing. please. Like I would have died. I love that. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Anyways, one of Ram Dass's stories is he gave Maharaji, I think it was like, like Maharaji was like, give me some of those like pill or whatever the tabs or whatever it was at the time, the LSD. He's like, give me, he took like five of them. And he was like, oh my gosh, Ram Dass was like, oh my gosh, I, this is not, I, I don't want to be the responsible for this. Mm-hmm. And Maharaji felt nothing. He was the same. He felt nothing. And that was so inspiring because it's like, Yes, I think we can use these psychedelics as tools to break ourselves open to that realm and understand our connection to God, the universe, to source. Like when I'm on, when I've taken psychedelics, I have felt complete and utter love from God. And I know a lot of people have similar experiences. They literally call it God's drug for that reason. But the goal is to find that state of consciousness while not on it. And that's where meditation comes in. That's where the breath work comes in. And I think that anyone that is listening and is curious about it, you know, this is not me recommending take it by any means, like do your research. And if it feels right to you, like go down that path. But I think it's also really interesting just to know that there are these different modalities to healing. It's not a one shoe fits all kind of thing. And I think that that's been a big eye opener for me. Like I, I won't go into obviously detail, but I did give a reading one time to this girl who was not open to it. And I realized in that moment, maybe she actually needs breath work because she couldn't find the words to explain how she was feeling, but rather it's like, we need to release to the body or so on and so forth. So I think it's really important to get curious around what works for you in your own healing journey, because I have so many tools because not all of them work all at the same time. Like I have to use different ones for different reasons. And I think we can get stuck in certain, like, like for a while I couldn't meditate. I couldn't sit down and meditate. And that was actually causing more trauma to that healing modality. So Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting to like keep your perspective open on that and not be so rigid. Yeah. And it feels like society too, like recently, especially with psychedelics and stuff, I feel like it's 
it really is becoming just like more and more talked about. Whereas I feel like maybe, a f- you know, a few years ago, maybe it was just kind of like, all right, well, you would go see a therapist and they would prescribe you medication. And like, you know, Alyssa, you can probably even speak to this more, but like, it seems like now, you know, we're looking at like the total body or the total experience, you know, so it's not just talk therapy. It does like include all those other things. So I do feel like as a society, like we are moving towards that, which I think is great because everybody's so different. And like you said, the seasons of life and sometimes the meditation is what's going to work and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it could be ecstatic dance. It could be like, and it is always changing, like going back to like that missing element piece. Like there's a, Mm -hmm. and every day I feel like it shifts for me. So it's like, it just starts with awareness. And like, I always tell people when they're feeling stuck, like if they come to me and they're, they're, they're unsure which direction to go in next. I'm like, well, you, you took the first step. You have the awareness that there's something not right. There's something not in alignment and that you're not in balance. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just taking the time to look at your life. And like, like I said, like live your life for you and not for anyone else. And like, look at your relationships, who's in your life, who's supporting you, because like, that is who you are. Like, who you spend the most time with is who you are. And, you know, just even with relationships or beliefs that you have around yourself or the stories you tell yourself, it's like, if you can start to have awareness, that's when healing happens. It's that's the first step. And I will say, we're never fully healed. So I think healing is an ongoing life journey that we're all going to be a part of. So if you can, like I said, just ride the wave of that, life will become a lot easier and a lot more fun because I don't think we need to take this life so seriously as my North Node and Sag would say. Like, it's a cosmic joke. If you think about it, we're like floating on a rock in the middle of like, what? what? Like, we're just floating on a rock and we're like, just watching like housewives and like, what's happening? Like, what's happening? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. It reminds me of the movie I just recently watched and I have to watch it again because it's pretty in-depth, but everything, everywhere, all at once. Have you guys seen it? No, I haven't, but I've heard amazing things yes. about it. So I actually had a fellow therapist recommend it to me and I watched it the other day and, and one of the parts was, and I won't give too much away, but they were just rocks in like a desert somewhere and they were talking to each other and they were like, see, nothing matters. Like we're going to be stuck here like for a very long time and this is just where our energy is at right now. And like, it's good. And like, they're laughing at each other. Like, oh yeah, it's fine. You know, like, it's just like, we need to laugh at ourselves, And that can sometimes be the best medicine, but kind of back to what you said, how like psychedelics or whatever, doesn't need to be the long-term treatment for something. It could be an intervention for a chapter of your life and that's it. Right. So it's really about, again, that awareness that you talked about and integrating it all and being curious about, you know, where, where's my body at right now? Where's my heart at? Where's my soul at? What am I craving? What do I need in this moment? And it seems like you have figured out a lot of that, which is awesome. And and you have a lot to offer your clients and and your communities. Thank you. And like I said, I am nowhere near perfect. So like, it it sounds like I have it together, but there are like some days where I'm like, wow, if you guys could see, I think it's really important that more people be authentic about that. And I think that's the one good thing about social media is there's this like, push for people to be real. Like we don't want the like highlights anymore. People are really looking towards hearing like the full spectrum story of someone. And like, that's why I love podcasts. And I love like being able to hear someone's full story, because if we can share our story, like, like the pain I went through, 
you know, the pain I've experienced and, you know, past relationships or whatever it may be. It's like, we relate to others through our vulnerabilities. And I think that the more we do that, the more we heal. And the more we realize, like, we're all in this together. We're all just like you said, those rocks. And we're like, well, we're just here (laughs) until we're not. And so it's like, let's be able to like laugh at ourselves. And I think, like you said, laughter is such like great medicine. And I think my Leo's son really plays into that because there are definitely moments where I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't be laughing, but it's like, I'm uncomfortable, but this is like how I move through the pain. So if you can laugh at yourself, I think that's a really a, a lighter tool to use rather than having to constantly go deep into the shadow, constantly like feel the pain or whatever. But I think both are important. You have to have both. I love that. So Hallie, before we kind of wrap up for today, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners or anything you want to point out? I would say that you don't have to have life figured out right now. We know we keep saying like, it's so important to like, it's really cool to know your chart. It's really cool to know these parts of yourself, but it's like, you don't have to have it figured out. And I think the more we can take that pressure off ourselves, the more we can live in that flow state, like we're meant to be in. And, you know, you don't need psychedelics. You don't necessarily even need an astrology reading, even though I highly recommend it. (laughs) I think that the more that we can take the pressure off, the more we can live the life we've always envisioned for ourselves. And the more we can have that awareness around how we're feeling in every moment, the more that we can show up fully for others. But more importantly, the more we can show up for ourselves because it starts with us. Like the change we want to see in the world starts with us. And I think it's important to know that when we look at the world, we're seeing the world as we are, not as it is. And if we're not in a good state, everything in our life will reflect from that point. And so I think it's just really important to like, just to give yourself compassion and just to start having awareness and not judge. Don't judge. Just start to witness your life from that eagle's perch perspective and don't be so hard on yourself. And I think the most important thing is just to like laugh at yourself. I give my recommendation to my clients if they are struggling with that, if they're serious. Like, Alyssa, I bet this is probably hard for you because you got all that freaking earth. <laughs> yeah. But like, but to like look in the mirror and just laugh at yourself or just smile. Not in like a like a malice, like malintent way, but just to like laugh. And, you know, because life, this human experience is to be lived fully in the sense of like, we're here to feel everything through our senses. We're here to watch the sunset. We're here to love. And I I heard this on a podcast. I don't remember which one, but they were, I think it was Aubrey Marcus with Zach Bush. That was a really good podcast, Dr. Zach Bush. But he said that planet earth is the heart chakra of the universe. And the more we can love big and go deeper with that love with, you know, our animals, even with nature, with just even our like connection to source or whatever it may be, the more we can lean into that love, even if it's to ourselves, the more we are living this human experience fully as the spiritual beings we are. That is beautiful. That was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Seriously. I came up with that all right on the fly. Amazing. Like <laughs> I've done a lot of studying. I've done I mean, because I've I've been to the dark, like the dark night of the soul and back. And 
the more I can share this message, just even from my own work and my own studies. And like I said, if people can relate to that, then then I fulfilled my purpose today, at least today, <laughs> right? <laughs> I love it. One day at a time. Be here now, as Ram Dass says. Just be here, be now. here now. Yeah. And we're all just walking each other home. Yes, I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was amazing. Like we said, we're definitely going to have to have you on for a part two. There's so much good stuff here. But before we kind of end and before we meet back again for part two, where can our listeners connect with you? Yes, you're so welcome. And thank you for inviting me. It's when people say that I am a big part of like their journey, I'm, oh, it makes my heart swell. So you can find me at HallieBaileyBodySoul.com. Uh, my Instagram handle is Hallie Alice. And, you know, just shoot me a message if you're interested in reading, personal training. I do uh, virtual healing hours. So we do basically uh, plan it around each full and new moon. And we set intentions. We do yoga. We do ecstatic dance. We share our intentions, which has been really, really beautiful to witness others in that. And yeah, so yeah, just hit me up. I'd love to work with you or hear from you or, you know, if anything resonated, it's really healing for me as well to know that I'm not alone in this. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Moon in Your Mind and sign up for our newsletter by visiting themooninyourmind.com. See you on our next episode.